Bokatov, and welcome back to our ongoing series of Shurim of uh, Dafyomi. We're in Masachet Yevamot, now beginning the seventh parak, Perak Almanal Koen Gadol, which begins on Daf Samach Vav Aleph. And you can see that it's a very short parak. covers all of four Daf, and we will cover those, Mir Tzashem, in four uh, successive podcasts. Uh, and the, today we will begin with the first Mishnah, which is printed on Daf Aleph, which is really Mishnayot Aleph and Bet. We'll see why the editors put them together and go all the way until the end of that discussion before the beginning of, Par- of Mishnah Gimel on Daf Zayin Amur Aleph. As I put on the page, a very important piece of uh, introduction is that when a woman gets married and brings money into the marriage, that money is called Nedunya. I didn't put that on the page. Is called nedunya, and it's sort of opposite tubak. Tubak is what the husband promises towards the wife, so, sort of put in escrow, and what the woman brings into the marriage is called nedunya. Now that nedunya, her proper property, is divided into two kinds of property. One, which is written into the tubak, which she brings in and is assessed, and in tubot we'll get into the details of how it's assessed and and uh, sort of a, a default charge or a, uh, a fail-safe charge that's involved. Um, <coughs> and that part which is assessed is, is uh, property that she is giving as value to him. And therefore, he assumes responsibility. So if for some reason during the course of the marriage, the property goes down, the value goes down, then upon dissolution of the marriage, either a death or divorce, he has to pay her back with that value Minus the the assessment fee, or however we're going to deal with it to vote, um, and uh, that's nichsetz on barzel for which he is responsible. On the other hand, any material that is not written in is called nichsem malog. Nichsem malog um, is, shall we say, weaker. Tzon barzel, as Rashi points out, is a stronger thing. Nichsem malog is material that continues to to she brings in as is and its value fluctuates in her account. So if she brings something in, it's worth $1,000, and by the time the marriage is dissolved, it's worth $500, she lost $500. If it goes up to $100,000, she, she has all the gain. Good. So now, the circumstance we're going to deal with in our first Mishnah is a woman who enters the marriage with Avadim. Some of these Avadim are reckoned as Son Barzel and are written to the Ketubah. The others are reckoned as Avdeim Malog. Now, Principle number two, which I did not put on the page, is that when a Kohen marries a woman, that woman eats truma, even if she's not a Kohenet, she be, can eat truma for the entire duration of the marriage. There are some exceptions to that, one a large one, which we'll get to in a minute. And not only that, but the reason for that, as you can see in the one pasuk that's on the page, the Kohen ki knen nefesh kinyan kaspo, because marriage begins as a kinyan, Therefore, his wife eats truma, and therefore also ki nefesh kinyan kaspo. The halacha is kinyan shekana kinyan. So, in other words, if his wife also has her own kinyan, her own avadim, they also eat truma midin kinyan kaspo. Now, the very gross exception to this is when a when a uh, a woman marries a kohen that she is not allowed to marry. For instance, classic case: a divorcee marries a kohen. She is not allowed to eat truma. Uh, if an almanah marries a coin gadol, she's not allowed to eat truma. And now we will see how all of this devolves. Almanah coin gadol, gushava chalutzala kahan hediot, classic Yisurek Dusha. Hichnisalo avdei melog, the avdei tson barzel. So if she brings both kinds of avadim into the marriage, avdei melog lo yochlu bi truma. So the avdei melog do not get to eat truma, avdei tson barzel yochlu. 
Now, now the Mishnah will lay out what I've already presented. He may to may to love him will to If these Avadim die in Avdeim Malog, that's her loss. If they become worth more, that's her gain. Even though the, the husband, the father, or the, the master here, is responsible for feeding these Avadim, nonetheless, since their value fluctuation is credited in her account, therefore, and we'll see why. Let's say that each that he bring two of a, she brings two Avadim in, they're each worth $100,000. So $200,000 is written into the Ketubah. If the Avadim suddenly become worth much more, then that is a gain to him. If they die or become worth less, that's a loss to him. And therefore, Since he is responsible, shall we say, for their value, or the value accrues to him, Therefore, they eat truma directly as being uh, Kinyan Kaspo, as it were, of the Kohen himself, and not of his, his uh, improper wife. Now, the second Mishnah is a straight-up case. Bat Yisrael, Shinisait the Kohen, Bichlisa lo avadim, ben avdeh malog, ben avdeh tson barzel, A regular Bat Yisrael marries a Kohen, everything is proper about this marriage, then all of her avadim eat, uh, eat uh, truma. Conversely, if a bat kohen marries a non kohen, she then ceases eating truma, and her avadim also cannot eat truma, whether avdemalog and avdetson barzel. Parenthetically, although it will not touch our sugya directly uh, right now, <clears throat> uh, just a general background, kohanim and only kohanim are allowed to eat truma. Their members of their household are eat, allowed to eat truma, their children are allowed to eat truma. When that changes is specifically for a daughter of a Kohen, when she marries a non-Kohen, the minute that she has Kedushin with him, as we'll see in the next Mishnah, uh, she already loses her rights to eating Truma. Along with that, any property that she has will be eating Truma until she no longer can, can eat Truma, and that's the case we just talked about. Okay, so now the Gemara immediately asks, the Avdei Malog lo yochlu b'truma? Why shouldn't the Avdei Malog of the Almana, marrying the Kohen Gadol, eat Truma? After all, the almana is his kinyan because of kiddushin, and it's her kinyan is the avadim. So kinyanosha kanat kinyan eats. After all, the tanya minayim the kohen shenasai shav kanat avadim sheyachlubi truma. How do we know? Very basic thing. That a kohen who does kiddushin on a woman and her buys avadim, that they eat truma. Shenamav kohen kiknan nefesh kinyan kaspo hu yochalbo. Right. So we saw it. I mentioned it in the introduction. So one pasuk on the page, if a Kohen acquires a person, which is Kinyan Avadim and Kinyan Kiddushin, then that, the person that is acquired, then eats Truma. And how do I know now that his Kinyan, who then is Konet, that they also eat Truma, look at the wording. So we now make the kaspo not about the kaspo a kohen, but kaspo shalakinyan. So if the kohen's wife then or, or evet now is konet kinyan, who yochalbo meaning kinyanosha kanat kinyan ochel. Good. So now we have a question. Why is it that if the kohen does kiddushin on a grusha, for instance, and she has avadim, why don't those avadim the avdim alog? Why don't they eat truma? After all, it's kinyanosha kanat kinyan. So the so the first answer they give is kol ha'ochel ma'achil kol she'ain ochel eno ma'achil. 
Remember that these Avadim are going to be eating by virtue of there being Avadim of the woman. So the first answer we give is that the woman cannot generate others eating if she herself doesn't have the right to eat. And since she's a Grusha, married to a Kohen, she doesn't get to eat. The beginning of the next parak lists quite clearly that an Arel, somebody who is uncircumcised, and therefore he may not eat truma, nonetheless, if he's a Kohen Arel and he has Avadim, they eat. And somebody's Tameh. Simply, a person became Tameh. They can't eat truma that day. They can't eat truma until they go to the mikvah and have Shemesh. Nonetheless, the Avadim continue to eat truma while they're Tameh. So it's not true that you only extend the rights to eating to your Kinyan Kaspo if you can eat presently. So the answer the Gemara gives is a conceptual one. In that case, their mouth is in pain. What that means is the idiom. That means is that they are just temporarily barred from eating because of some circumstance they have, which they can repair. Do Brit Milah, go to the mikvah, and wait the time. But they are essentially eaters. Right, as opposed to this Grushal le Kohen, who's never an eater. We're going to see in the later Mishnah in our parak that a Mamzer, we'll see why, himself cannot eat Truma, and yet a Mamzer Kohen. And nonetheless, his, um, his Avadim eat, and he is not reparable, and he's not temporary his, his status. So, the, so we now want to wonder why is it that the Avadim of a Grusha to a Kohen cannot eat Truma? But the Avadim of Imams or Kohen can eat Truma. Both of them are inherently in status, barred from Truma. And yet, in one case, the Avadim do, in the other case, the Avadim don't. So, Amar Avina, Kinyan Ochel Ke'amar. Kinyan Ochel Machil, Sheno Ochel Eno Machil. So, Ravina says as follows, and it's a good conceptual split. He says, Avadim of the woman eating are eating because it's Kinyan Oshekana Kinyan. For that to work, the, the primary Kinyan has to be one who eats. The, uh, the woman has to, be, has to be a proper marriage. You cannot skip that step and say, an improper kinyan, shekana kinyan, ochel. As opposed to a mamzer where he's eating because he himself is a kohen, so he himself can't eat, but the avadim are the kinyan of a kohen, not the kinyan of a kinyan. That's Ravina's answer. Rava turns things upside down. He says, really, the case in our Mishnah, where all the Avadim should eat. The Amon of the Kohen Gadol and the Grusha V'chalutz, the Kenehedjot, all the Avadim should eat. Midoraita. Uh, Rabbanan Ude Gazrebu. The Rabbanan made a Gzerah, saying the woman's Avadim cannot eat. Why? Kadesh Tomar, Ani Eni Ochelet. Avadai Inan Ochli. She'll turn around and say, I don't get to eat Truma, my Avadim don't get to eat Truma. So now he gets thought, I must be some sort of uh, blemished woman in his eyes. And she's going to agitate and then get divorced, which is what we want. We don't want the coin staying with the Grusha. And so therefore we're generating uh, a disfavorable, disfavorable situation. So Rav says, really, the, your question is a good question. And really, the Avadim, Avdeh, Malog, of the Grusha, the coin should be eating Truma. Since the, we want to engender uh, uh, disharmony here, and have the Kohen uh, divorce his, uh, his improper wife, therefore we, uh, we uh, ban the eating of truma on the part of the Avadim. That's Rav Rava. Rav Ashi Amar, he gets a third answer. Gzera Shema Tachil Acharmita. Rav Ashi has something which, uh, prima facie, seems kind of strange. He says that the reason that we don't let this Almanal Kohen Gadol and Grusham Chutzak and Hedyot eat her Avadim eat truma 
is because we're afraid that she might continue to feed them truma even after her husband, the coin, dies. So then, if that's the case, then say that any Bat Yisrael who marries a coin, even properly, should not be able to feed her avadim because she might continue feeding her avadim after death. So, so we have to fix Ravashi's statement. Our Mishnah is talking about an Almanah who herself is a Bat Kohen. In other words, she grew up in a house eating truma. She was married to, we'll even assume she was married to a Kohen, continued to eat truma. Her husband died. She went back and ate truma. And then she married a Kohen Gadol, which was illegitimate. And then the Kohen Gadol dies. So what's going to be her reasoning? She's going to say the following sort of justification for herself. Originally, I ate from my father's house. Once I married this guy, I theoretically should be eating the truma of my husband. Now that my husband died, I'll go back to my original status. And, uh, and in other words, and these avadim, by the way, were originally eating because of my father's truma. Then they were then eating because of my husband's truma, if we say that they're allowed to. And then, and then uh, after the husband dies, I'll go back and feed them Midin, father's truma. And she won't understand that originally when she was growing up in her father's house, she was a perfectly legitimate woman. Now by marrying the coin Godel, she has made herself a Chalala because if it's an, an improper relationship, then a Chalala cannot eat Truma and of course cannot feed her Avadim will not eat Truma. Alright, good. So now, Kohenet. That only works if the Almana was herself a Kohenet and therefore we have this concern. What are you going to do with the majority of Almanot, which is by distribution? A majority of them are non-Kohanot, which means it's not as if they grew up and eating truma, and it's not as if they're going to say, once the husband died, oh, I'll continue feeding truma, midin my father's house. The answer is, the Rabbanan did not distinguish between one kind of widow and another. He said, since it's a problem with Almanat Kohen, it's a problem with all. Now, parenthetically, I'd just like to suggest the possibility that this may reflect the reality that's suggested in Sefer Yechezkel, that Kohanim, by and large, only married widows who were widows of other Kohanim. And as such, it may have been more likely that, this, that the almana, the Kohen Gadol, was an almana herself of a Beit Kohen, either an almana of a Kohen, or almana who was a Bat Kohen, but that's just conjecture. Now, we're going to take a look at a, a tangential case dealing simply with the distribu- distribution of property or the return of property after dissolution of marriage, and see if our Mishnah will shed any light on it. Itma, we have the following statement. A woman brings in son Barzel. He omered Kelayani no it. And then the marriage is dissolved. She says, I want my things back. I want my fancy garments or fancy dresses or whatever she brought in. He said, No, I'll pay you the money. I'll pay you the money for them. In other words, we estimated them at uh, $2,000. I'll give you $2,000. And, um, and, uh, but I keep the value, I keep the property. Hadini me, who who wins? Whose opinion, whose request is honored? Rav Yehuda Mar Hadin Ima. Rav Yehuda says that the Din Fa is with her. She gets to get the Kelim back. Rav Ami Amar Hadin Imo. Rav Ami disagrees and says no. He gets to decide whether or not to give the things back or money. Rav Yehuda Mar Hadin Ima. Why? Mishum Shevach Beit It's a notion that we'll encounter in the middle of Masachik Tubot. 
Shavach Beit Avia, essentially these are things that she brought from her father's house, they're things that have some sort of sentimental value to her, and therefore she not only has the right to claim them, she perhaps has a responsibility to keep them with her. Didohave. Ravami Amar Dinimo, Ravami says, no, it's his. In our Mishnah we said, and this is why this sugi is here, in our Mishnah we said that barzel, since the husband has to feed them, therefore they eat truma, even though she's a grusha lekoin. Right? So it sounds as if barzel really belong to him, and therefore they're his to decide, I'll either pay you back property or with their value. Now, that's the machloket. Rav Safra challenges this proof of Ramami. Our Mishnah does not say Vahin Shalot. It doesn't say since they are his, therefore these Avadimi Truma. All it says is since he's got the responsibility, meaning the financial success or failure of these things will accrue to his account, therefore he feeds. But they certainly don't belong to him. Good. So now, parenthetically, we see from Safra's challenge stands, uh, stands the test. Just because you're chayav b'achrayut, that means they eat truma. Watch this case. But none. Yisrael parami kohen. Let's say Yisrael rents a cow from a kohen. The Yisrael may feed the animal uh, truma truma grains. Right, Kohen is a har para Israel, but the opposite of a Kohen rents a para from a non-Kohen. Alfishim is an alav, even though he has to feed the animals. His responsibility as a shomer lo yachilana karshine truma. He cannot feed it the truma truma grains. Right, which means that that just because you have achrayut on something doesn't mean that achrayut to feed something doesn't mean it's yours. Such that if you're a Kohen, it eats truma. So wait, let's see if this challenge really is a challenge. You're right that if you rent something as a socher, you're if the thing gets lost or stolen. But you're certainly not responsible if the thing, uh, let's say, dies in the process of work or it becomes worth less or depreciates. In other words, the achrayut here in a rental is not the same as the achrayut that we have in our Mishnah, where the value which goes down is your loss. This is much more like the second half of the Mishnah. In the Seifa it says, Al Seifa Yisrael Shisham Parami Kohen And Yisrael Shisham Parami Kohen Loyachilana Karshine Truma If Yisrael assesses the value of a par from a coin, meaning that he takes the the uh, para has total um, total responsibility for it. Um, <clears throat> he may not feed it karshinei truma. Av a kohen shesham parami Yisrael yachilana karshinei truma. But if a kohen takes an animal with full responsibility from it from a Yisrael, he does feed it karshinei truma. So we see that when you have absolute achrayut over the animal, it does get fed based on who the owner is, based on who the one took is taking responsibility. So that seems to support the idea that the Achrayut in our Mishnah is, um, is, uh, is one that really generates eating, as opposed to the, uh, but it does not necessarily make you an owner. In other words, Rav Safra's challenge to Rav Ami is a good challenge. 
Avami said, I know that the Tzon Barzal really belongs to him because it says Chayav Bachrayut. Safra says, no, Chayuv Achrayut doesn't mean it belongs to you, but it does mean if it's full Chayuv Achrayut, the Truma will follow who this person who has Achrayut is and not necessarily the second person, in our case, the Grusha. Now, Yativ Rabbi Rav Yosef, Bishilei Pirkei Rav Nachman, they were sitting in back of the Shir of Rav Nachman, Yativ the Kamri, and they said the following, Tanya Kamatei Rav Yonav, Tanya Kamatei Rav Yami, we have a Brita that supports each position. Tanya Kamatei Rav Yami, we have the Brita that supports Rav Yami, Avdei Tzon Barzel, Yotzin V'Shein V'Ayin Le'ish. Remember, if a man owns an Eved Kanani, and then the owner hits or hurts in some way, the Eved, so that they lose one of their limbs, they automatically go free. If another person does, then they don't go free, and the Afech, that person owes money to the, to the owner. Now, if they have Avdei Tzon Barzel, and the husband strikes them, then, and makes them lose a limb, they go free. Avalola Isha, but not if the woman does. So it seems pretty clear that the husband is the one who owns the Tzon Barzel. Now, that's the bright that supports Rav Ami. Tanya Kavatei de Rav Yehuda, the bright that supports Rav Yehuda, that if one brings Son Barzil in, the husband may not sell it. Proves that it's not his. And by the way, if he does the same thing and brings, uh, brings something of value into the marriage, he also can't sell it. Right? So let's say that they were stuck and they needed some money, they needed some cash, so they agreed to sell it together. They said that the husband could take it back from the ones who bought it. Now, the upshot of this, as far as we're concerned, though, is it's quite clear the husband does not have rights to sell the Tzon Barzel, even though he would be responsible for that value and that amount of money, he does not have a right to sell the property, which means the property is not exclusively his. Now, so Rava said, in the name of Rav Nachman, the halacha follows Rav Yehuda, hadin ima, and that means that she can demand to have the kelim. Rav Rav Nachman. So Rava then turned to Rav Nachman and said, Vatanya kavateh Rav Yami, ah, you taught us that we have a brighter that supports Rav Ami. So how are we saying halacha Rav Yehuda? So Vatanya kavateh Rav Yami, Yistabratamid Rav Yehuda. Nonetheless, even though the brighter seems to support Rav Ami, although it doesn't go directly to point, Nonetheless, we seem to pref- we prefer Rav Yehuda because because of the special reasoning of the sentimental value of this particular property, which does not conflict with the uh, ruling of Rav Yami, which just has to do with the responsibility of Tzon Barzal, who is considered the owner during the time that those Avadim are in the house. Now, we end with a story. There was a woman, she brought in a very fam- fancy silk garment into the marriage. Shachiv, the guy died. Shaklua yatme uparsua mitana. Immediately the Yatomim took it and they threw it over their dead father as a shroud. Amarava kanye mitana. Rava said the mate has been conan. The mate has acquired it and she can't take it back. She can then uh, get the value from that. Amarlei nanai bereder of Yosef, bereder of Rav Kahana. So uh, the student asked Rav Kahana, "Amar Rav, Amar Rav Nachman, Alach Rav Yehuda." He ruled like Rav Yehuda. So and Rav Yehuda said, "Adin ima." So how come here the garment stays with the mate? Amar lei milo mod Rav Yehuda, but mechusa guvaina. Doesn't Rav Yehuda agree that until she's actually collected it, it's not fully hers? 
and meaning that it's only Meshubah to her. The Kevinuchos a Gavayna Bershutei Koi and Rava Latamei Dama Rava Hekdesh Chometz Veshichur Mafkin Midei Shibud and Rava is being consistent with his own reasoning because he says famously that Hekdesh, which is the case here when you devote something to the use of a mate, it becomes Asr like a Hekdesh Chometz after six hours on the fourteenth and Shichur Shichur of an Eved. So if an Evid is Meshubah to somebody, as part of, let's say, an apotiki of a loan, and then you free him, that trumps the Shibud. In this case, the Shibud that she has, she doesn't own it, but the Shibud that she has on the garment is trumped by the Hektesh Kiviyachal that happens when they put it on the mate. Now, let's say she gave him uh, two garments that were together worth a thousand Zeus. Uh, and they went up in value during the marriage and they became worth together 2,000. So she could take one as her ktuba, in other words, a thousand that was owed her. The other one she has to pay and buy it back. So what is he teaching? The fact that it's belongs to her. Rav Yud already said that once in our discussion. So maybe Rav Yud only said Shavach Beitavia when she's going to be getting it as part of the payment. Maybe for her to have to actually take money and buy from the estate or from her estranged husband the Kli. And because of Shavach Beitavia, I would not think she has to do that. That she does. Tomorrow, we will, in the next podcast, we'll pick up this Mishnah, go through to the following Mishnah, Samach Zayin, Amud Bet, and then a little bit into the next Shugya, Samach Chet, Amud Aleph.